So allegedly a 6.7 inch internal screen, which is ginormous and amazing. But I think most importantly, the outside screen should be a full edge to edge display. So no more of those crazy bezels. Allegedly, we're going to see a 120 hertz refresh rate on the giant screen. No notch, mm. single cutout. It looks like the dream device that all original Fold users have been clamoring for. But it sounds so good to be true. Sorry, 7.7 inch display. Pardon me inside. What? 7.7 7. 7 inches. Okay, uh, so just, just, to, universe. just to put that into perspective, an iPad mini is 7.9 inches. So you're basically getting the size correct. of an iPad mini in your pocket. Yeah, you are not basically, you are 100%. Well, you are. Which is amazing. The rumors are split on S Pen support. I would probably imagine no. And then it looks like probably going to be a camera array from like the S20 Plus along those lines. S20, yeah. some S20 camera array. So hot damn, first of all. And then <laughs> prob probably 865 Plus and all that kind of stuff. Big battery. Welcome to Geared Up, brought to you by National Car Rental. I'm Andrew Edwards. I am John Rettinger. Geared Up is your weekly look at the world of consumer electronics and gadgets. And this week we have the return of what may be not just John Rettinger's favorite guest that we've ever had on this show. It's the return of the king. Right, exactly. The dark knight, the king, the man. This man has taught me more about white balancing than any other resource on the planet. This is Mr. Kevin, the tech ninja, Neither, How are you doing, sir? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good, doing pretty well. Thank you so much for the lovely intro. I still think the intro you did with Sarah Dietschy is a little bit better. And you can, you know, you kept talking about how <laughs> she was the best ever and kind of made me feel bad. And, and I was expecting something even more grand. And uh, however, you guys fell a little short, but uh, I'm thankful nonetheless. Listen, if wow. Andrew had let me do the intro, you would have been <laughs> pleasantly surprised. Man. But you let your boy do it and that's what you get you know i try okay and andrew i also taught you more about the contrapostal poles than anyone else as well that is don't true. forget about that that is true my instagram game jumped up at least eight thousand points when you walked me through that there you go so all right let's jump into some tech news obviously that's why we're here the big news of the morning i don't know how big this is but there's a couple of things regarding Microsoft. The first one that caught my eye and just made me kind of just scratch my head for a minute. Microsoft in talks to buy TikTok. Microsoft. You got to clarify that. The, the U.S. interest. The in U.S. TikTok. interest. The U.S. interest. So President Trump is talking about signing an order to force a Chinese company ByteDance to sell its ownership stake portion of TikTok. Andrew, can I jump in and Please do. Uh, just give a bit of background? Please. So do. you say Chinese company, ByteDance is indeed a Chinese company, but they do have operations in the U.S. and they yes. are a U.S. branch of their business run, I believe, by a former Disney executive. So this isn't a company that's sort of run by, say, the Communist Party in China. Like there, yes. there's a U.S. operations owned by a Chinese company. And I think the problem is arising from ByteDance is deciding which exchange they want to list on when they go public. And I think they're leaning towards, I believe, the Shanghai Exchange. And then the administration has concerns, obviously, with privacy issues with TikTok, which is nothing new. There's been a lot of reports coming out from developers who say, listen, I take apart apps for a living. Do not use TikTok. It doesn't appear to be stopping people at all, but there are legitimate concerns. And that's where the administration's issues uh, with that particular app seem to be coming from. Yes, it is. It is interesting. I mean, I don't know 
I'm curious. I feel like, you know, we've seen the hearings this week. I don't know if you guys have, have watched any of that, but it seems like the people in our government really don't understand the goings on of tech companies and and what's behind them. Clearly, my favorite part of those hearings was when one of the congressmen asked Mark Zuckerberg why Donald Trump Jr. was banned from Twitter. <laughs> that for me was the highlight. He goes, uh, sir, I wouldn't know about that. I believe you are referencing uh, Twitter. Right. Yeah, it's pretty sad that these people who are in office and supposed to be asking questions, like they're pretty much wasting their time being there asking questions that have no relevance to what's going on or questions that their nephew would know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's just, just, I don't know. It's just always interesting to see these things. Yes. Can we, can we talk about those hearings for just a minute? Because there's some sure. crazy stuff that happened. For and the sure. crazy stuff wasn't even the hearings. It was like the document dump that came afterwards. Yes. I mean, so like the emails from Mark Zuckerberg to his executives, emails about the original Instagram founders about Zuckerberg coming after them was like fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim Cook, or not Tim Cook, rather. Who was it? Was it Eddie Q or Phil Schiller? I think it was Phil Schiller talking directly to Jeff Bezos to try to get the Amazon Prime app on Apple TV, cutting the rates from 30 to 15, and then Tim Cook sitting in front of Congress saying everybody has a level playing field. Mm -hmm. Right. Was fascinating behind the scenes of what's going on. And you could see that a lot of the antitrust stuff came from the acquisitions, which was really interesting. And Tim Cook, to his, I think, credit, essentially said, hey, all your problems with all these companies, other acquisitions, we didn't really buy anybody. We believe in innovating ourselves instead of buying competitions, innovating instead of us. Pretty much dropped the mic and then you should have just walked away. <laughs> that is true. And, and Apple does do about between four and six acquisitions a month, according to them. But they don't buy competitors. They're buying companies Correct. that will add features, potentially add features to products they already have. Yes. So, yeah, the hearings I thought were just it was like I was watching comedy in a way. Mark Zuckerberg looking like a deer in the headlights, saying <laughs> oh the word congressman more than any other person in history. Congre- <laughs> he looks so uncomfortable. I, mean, I don't not a knock, knock. I don't know Zuckerberg, but he looks so uncomfortable, like being a human. <laughs> like, <just> like, <laughs> I don't know how to say that without sounding disrespectful, because there's no disrespect intended. He just seems very uncomfortable having to speak off the cuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah when he's not doing like a presentation that's yeah. prepared. Absolutely. All right, back to Microsoft real quick. Well, okay, so Microsoft buying TikTok. Interesting if that happens, just because you don't think of Microsoft. When you think of the word Microsoft, you're thinking of like Office, Windows, maybe even Xbox, but you don't think about a successful social network targeted currently towards youngsters. So, Mr. Edwards, let me ask you a question. What do you think of Google? What are the first couple things that pop into your mind? Search, YouTube. Same. Yeah, the... The most popular things, right? Yeah. Uh, do you think about data? And the I do not. Google makes most of their money from You're the right. data that is mined through their platforms. Right. And if TikTok is as spying as people tend to believe, can you imagine the data that Microsoft can mine and use would be staggering? Mm. So I, I would imagine Microsoft won't make it like whatever the Microsoft TikTok. <laughs> They'll probably keep it as is and just like milk that data mine until it is dry. Yeah, can you imagine if it's called Microsoft TikTok and how, how people would just like <laughs> uninstall it and, and quit their accounts instantly? Brought to you by Edge. Yeah. Skype My, TikTok. Yeah, with Skype TikTok. Yeah. Microsoft Edge TikTok by Skype. Yeah, with Skype built in. Yeah, with something something Skype. stupid like that they would do. Yeah. 
In other Microsoft news, Microsoft is basically killing Cortana, their smart voice assistant, almost everywhere that it exists. So Xbox, iOS, Android, Microsoft Surface headphones, third-party Bluetooth speakers that had Cortana integration. There was even a smart home thermostat that had Cortana built in. It's all going away with the exception of Office. So Cortana is kind of throwing in the towel when you compare it to things like Google Assistant, Alexa, and Siri, and is going to be more of an Office tool. Yeah. Are they replacing it with something else? Like if you bought whatever headphones, are you getting like Google Assistant or something at least? What they are doing is offering gift cards for people who have bought devices that had Cortana integration. Hmm. So if you bought Surface headphones, they're offering you a $25 Microsoft Store credit since (laughs) they took away the functionality. Great. I can't wait to- Super worth worth it. (laughs) Right. Have you guys ever used Cortana? Because I I never gave it a fair shake. The only time I use it when setting up a Windows PC and I tell it to shut up. And that's probably the as most as, as I actually use it. So have you guys actually dug into it and, and see what it can do? I mean, last time I used Cortana, she was given Master Chief advice. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> I've only used Cortana on the Xbox with Connect to turn the Xbox off and on. And that was years ago. So I won't miss it, but it's just interesting to see. Yeah. You know, a lot of these companies stay stubborn. It'll just keep things going, even if people aren't really using it. I mean, there's another rumor that Bixby may be on the way out. So <laughs> can we just, can we, can we all just give a, <laughs> give a clap, give a clap for that one. Samsung's yeah. Bixby may be replaced with Google. Assistant. What are, what are your, what's your refrigerator? What's your refrigerator going to do without Bixby? Exactly. Andrew? Good question. Good question. <laughs> I was going to say, it feels like Samsung has been scaling back a little bit each year. Like remember they had a dedicated Bixby button for a while and it seems yep. like they're sort of moving it away slowly, but surely. So, I mean, I'm all for taking it around back behind the barn and uh, putting it out of his misery. Wow. Wow, that's messed up. Is, is it though? Speak, <laughs> speaking of Samsung, actually, before we get to Samsung, let's talk about virtual events. Samsung does have a virtual unpacked event coming up next week, but the bigger news, yes, CES, the Consumer Electronics Show, which all three of us have frequented many times. I think I hit my 15th one last yeah. year, is going to be completely virtual for 2021. So no... 185,000 people descending upon Las Vegas to go hands-on and face-to-face with products. This year, it'll all be done remotely. What do you guys think about this? I got two things. First one, there is a theory that CES of 2020 may potentially have been like ground zero for the spread of coronavirus. Mm -hmm. Right. So, and everybody leaves CES usually with some sort of flu. So, fine by me not going. What is disappointing, though, is I'm not going to get a chance to beat both of you again uh, <laughs> at, a sca- at a Qualcomm scavenger hunt. Mm. Wow. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> um, I might be revising history a little bit, but as far as I remember it, okay. uh, I beat both of you guys. Didn't we beat Carl Conrad, though, at the very least? <laughs> yeah. He was the first to finish, <laughs> yeah, he but he wasn't, he wasn't accurate. He, he, he decided to run the whole strip with his shirt off for some reason. Very confused by <laughs> that's, that. That's Carl for you. By that, by that choice. Carl. <laughs> yeah. It's funny how people think that CES could have been ground zero for coronavirus. And I know a couple people that were really, really sick. I know, you know, I don't yeah. want to name drop them, but I, I know Fisher was very sick after CES for a while and he actually missed. He was in the hospital. Yeah, he was in the hospital. He missed the Galaxy S20 hands on because he was actually in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And it's quite possible that he got it there. And a couple other people, you know, you always come home with some flu or some bug or whatever. And it's very possible that 
that bug was coronavirus for some people. Thankfully, this is the first year I didn't get sick at all, but normally I come home with something pretty nasty that lingers for a while. So that is, uh, yeah. that's just kind of scary to think about how close we were to this disease that is really ravishing our country right now and how we were literally right next to it for almost a week. Yeah, agreed. Right. It's going to be weird, though. Number one, a lot of people count on CES for making deals. Behind closed doors deals. A lot of people in our industry count on CES as one of the big weeks of generating revenue and making deals. Yeah, it certainly is for me. And so I actually, like maybe a month ago, just started trying to plan out the rest of 2020 with the mindset of if CES doesn't happen, I need to, between July and December try to make up for what would happen during that week just to not get into financial trouble or not trouble, but just, you know, keep things where they are, not see a downward spiral, if you will. So this is going to be interesting, like virtual all around, virtual press conferences, virtual meetings, I'm assuming, and maybe even some of your favorite influencers doing virtual live streams or cover it. Like it's going to be a very different year. And the one thing I'm curious about is, is this going to be a different year or is this going to be part of the new normal? Will we see 185,000 people from all across the world descend upon one city for a week again? Yeah. So I really hope that CES doesn't just go away forever because I just, you know, we, we work online together and we're always together online and we only get the chance to see each other so many times in person. I would really hate that this would be the new norm and everything is online because we are so isolated in what we do. And I only get to see Andrew like three or four times a year, see Jonathan a couple of times a year. And just taking that away just really ruins just the community that we built as tech creators. That's true. Yeah. CES's importance, I think, was waning anyway. I mean, since Microsoft dropped out of the keynote and phones don't get really announced anymore, it kind of turned into a like mostly a car and TV show. Mm-hmm. I think it's sort of been the bulk of it. This could be a death knell to CES, unfortunately. And I agree, Kevin, with what you said. Like brands might realize we don't have to spend the whatever we spent to get similar exposure, which is a bummer to say the least. But until there's like a vaccine or a therapeutic or something, there is no chance that any event of any magnitude or size is going to happen. Yeah, CES was one of the stubborn ones. We were all saying like, CES, you need to cancel. Because like, we were seeing events cancel just down the line. Everything yeah. is canceling. And we're all looking at CES like, hey, guys, you're still being stubborn. Now, I will say just about a week ago, I saw an ad for Money 2020, which is a like a fintech financial technology mm thing that happens in October in Vegas. And I got an email from them saying that money is essential. We're still live. And that was just last week. So I'm not sure if that's changing or anything, but last week they're still going to do it in Vegas. So that's interesting. That is I'm I'm a little, little worried about that one. I didn't plan on going or anything, but just seeing that they're still going with it and they're that money is essential. We're, We're still, we're still here. Yeah. Wow. That is interesting. Like CES, I know people have been asking them to cancel, but on the other flip side of that is CES is six months away. So people started asking them yeah. to cancel like eight months prior. And we just didn't know what was going to go down until we saw the country starting to get better. Things reopen and then bam, worse than when it started. So yeah, makes sense. But I am with Kevin. It's going to be it is weird. Like what we do for a living has us very secluded. We don't really have coworkers. Yeah. 
around us that we work with. So it's going to be basically the last event that I went to was early March, which, by the way, in early March, I know it's coming. I at know the it's Galaxy S twenty event, yeah, yeah, I had yeah. my mask on, and our friend John Rettinger put me on blast on Instagram as a crazy person for having a mask wow. on. Because why would you be wearing a mask? This is just this is just early in the news. This isn't a big deal. And look what happened. Look what happened. <laughs> I mean, and in all fairness to you, Andrew, uh, you wore the mask for like a hot second, and then you took it off. Well, I mean, I put it on oh, and off. True. I took it on and off about 15, 30 times during the event, but still. <laughs> I mean, so like, I don't know how effective. Uh, well, this is, you know, this was, this was before coronavirus was really a thing that we had to worry about. Right. But now, yeah. and, and don't, don't construe that as advocating that I am anti-mask at all. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I believe absolutely. every human being should be out there wearing a mask, regardless if you think it's effective or not. At the worst case scenario, you're just wearing something over your face. At right. the best case scenario, you're protecting somebody else. Like there's yeah. no, there's really no downside. So I just... I did want to clarify that. Yes, yes. Okay, next virtual event on our calendar actually is happening next week, Samsung's Galaxy Unpacked event, where they put out a teaser video with silhouettes of different devices that will be announced. And from the silhouette, we can tell that there's a Galaxy Note in there. We saw the stylus. There were some oddly shaped earbuds in there. There looked to be a tablet and also... Something that folds. And I kind of wanted to focus on that one (laughs) because Mr. John Rettinger loves foldable devices. I was not the biggest fan of the first fold. I just felt it wasn't that convenient. But I must admit, aside from the silhouette that Samsung showed, we've seen some leaked renders of the Galaxy Z Fold 2. And first of all, what kind of name is that? But whatever. It's longer than that. Allegedly, this is according to the leak, Galaxy Z Fold 2 5G. 5G. Why? Yeah. Why? I I don't know. And I I should mention that as I'm saying this and Andrew and Kevin can see me on camera, I'm holding two Galaxy Fold devices. What are you doing? What are you doing? All right. So can I be be (laughs) honest It's double fisting. One of these had a gold skin on it at one point in time. Mm. Ah. And then the other one is my device that I bought. Okay. There you go. So I'll just leave that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Z Fold 2 5G looks like a big improvement. Just from the renders, visually looks like a big improvement, especially the outer display. Can I run down the rumors? Oh, please do. I know you know them by heart. So go ahead. So all based on rumors that have come out. So there's a lot of leaks about it. So there's been some of these come from Ben Geskin, some comes from Max Weinbach. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm reading these from Tom's guide right now. So allegedly a 6.7 inch internal screen, which is ginormous and amazing. But I think most importantly, the outside screen should be a full edge to edge display. So number of those crazy bezels. Allegedly, we're going to see a 120 hertz refresh rate on the giant screen. No notch, Mm. single cutout. It looks like the dream device that all original Fold users have been clamoring for. But it sounds so good to be true. Sorry, 7.7 inch display. Pardon me inside. What? 7.7 7. 7 inches. Okay, uh, that was so a claim just, by Ice Universe. Just to put that into perspective, an iPad mini is 7.9 inches. So you're basically getting the size correct. of an iPad mini in your pocket. Yeah, you are. Not basically. You are 100%. Well, you are. Which is amazing. The rumors are split on S Pen support. I would probably imagine no. And then it looks like probably going to be a camera array from like the S20 plus along those lines, S20, yeah. some S20 camera, array. So hot damn 
first of all, and then uh, <laughs> probably 865 plus and all that kind of stuff. Big battery. Cannot wait. If you have not used a Fold, I can understand it. It's expensive and it was a very niche device and very fragile. But for those that did use it, you could see the potential. And yeah, I think for, at least for me, you could see how devices were going to be changed. When I used my Fold and I used it for a very long time, it changed how I used a phone and how I thought about a phone. So getting a bigger screen with the ultra thin glass and higher refresh rate and no notch. And now they've had a generation to work on the, the better hinge. Assuming this thing doesn't cost like $9,000, which is probably not out of the realm of possibility. This <laughs> to me is the phone of the year. Ooh, they can't Ooh, that's put a, that's a, a hot take. It is a hot take. That is a hot, hot take, take right there. The um, of there's takes. no way they're going to put a, a stylus on there. If they're using the thin glass, True. either they have to keep the plastic display from the previous version if you want S Pen support because you can't tap into that thin glass with such a fine point without, you know, I would imagine destroying it very quickly. Yes. But besides yeah, that, I, I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm not an S Pen guy. I will have a, a Galaxy Note and use the S Pen just for the video <laughs> and then never take the <laughs> S Pen out again until the following year when they release a new one. So... I'm not so concerned about that, but I must admit as someone who has gone on record as not being that excited about foldable devices because none of them seem to have much utility to me or had too many compromises. From the looks of this one, it looks like Samsung may have solved a lot of the complaints that I had. Yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of the Fold 1, but once again, it just, it felt chintzy to me. It just sort of... I don't know, like it was fun, it was cool, but I couldn't see this as my everyday device. But mm -hmm. I did enjoy to see where it was actually going. And I think this is the culmination of one of the Fold 1 and people just having issues with it and saying what was wrong and understanding its downcomings. And basically out of the ashes of a phoenix comes the Fold 2. <laughs> and, and I mean, hopefully it looks like what the renders says it's going to be and it's going to be a flagship spec phone. And from there, I mean, I am excited to check it out. I'm actually looking forward to checking out because- Let's be honest, like the Note phone, we know what the Note's going to be. Of course, you're going to have a spec bump, a couple new cool features, but mm -hmm. the Fold is a new way that phones are going to look like. These are these new ways we're interacting with our devices. So um, this is exciting. It's, is it the next evolution of mobile devices or is it going to be one of those things that's going to be dropped off in a couple of years because people don't adapt it? Who knows? But I, I'm excited to use it and kind of see where it goes from here. I agree. Another phone that is coming this year, a little later than usual, the iPhone 12. During Apple's huge quarter, by the way, Apple announced that the, not really announced, but just casually mentioned a couple times during the earnings call that the iPhone 12 would be arriving, quote, a few weeks later than normal. So yep. that likely puts it into October versus September, but not as delayed as a lot of other people were speculating that we wouldn't see these phones until November, potentially, or even the new year I've seen in some cases. So October for iPhone 12, you guys picking this one up? Of course. I mean, it's just, I upgrade my iPhone every year. I don't see it being a huge change, but maybe they can surprise me because it sort of feels like an S year, if you will. Like, I don't think big things are going to come out of it. What I was hoping for as far as like high refresh rate screens and things that I would have liked to see. Rumors are not pointing to that. So I'm sort of holding yeah. back my expectations and things I was looking forward to and just pick it up as a as a minor upgrade, I guess. I mean, yeah, I'm going to get the iPhone because it's, it's part of coverage and it's sort of part of my yearly coverage. 
I will say if they release an iPhone, I do like the rumored design of sort of the squared off iPad Pro-esque style. Mm-hmm. But if they release an iPhone at the end of 2020 that does not have a high refresh screen, that should be screamed to the hills that it is an embarrassment for Apple. And it's not that, oh, Apple's late. They wait and do it right. If they release a phone in 2020 that still has a 60 hertz refresh screen, they should be shamed with a bell and an old lady uh, walking down the street. Inexcusable if that is indeed the case. This is Mr. Hot hmm. Take this week. Strong Mr. Hot Take out Hot Take. Hot Take. I could excuse them not having it last year because when that phone came out, you know, 90 hertz, there weren't that many phones that had it. Kind of made sense. You're like, okay. All right, it would have been nice to have, but I get it. But now a year later, when even like the OnePlus Nord, $400 phones have 90 <laughs> hertz refresh screens, you're going to tell yeah. me a $1,200 phone that we're all going to pay for is not going to have a feature on the display that we use it would use every day? It's allow not like me, it's a... a right, allow go. me, sir. Okay. Here goes. I, I, the Apple I, 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 I could have gone for a while, so have at it. <laughs> Listen, I don't I'm not saying I don't want that feature. I would love to see that, too. One thing and I'm just saying this because I'm not sure if you've ever heard this. Um, It was something that never occurred to me until I heard it from someone. And then it made total sense. A lot of times during the years, Apple will be last with some sort of hardware feature. And usually we'll say something like you just said, like Apple waits until they can get it right, et cetera. But sometimes what happens is. Apple can't integrate a hardware feature because no one can supply that hardware in the amount that Apple needs to sell. So, for example, when everybody was doing 12 megapixel cameras and Apple's, I believe they stuck with an eight megapixel for like a year longer than everybody else. Oh, yeah. It was because Sony could not give them enough 12 megapixel cameras for the amount of iPhones they expected to put out there. So is there to, a problem I think, with I think the you have yield. to quantify. You have to quantify. It was allegedly because. Allegedly. Yes, yes, yes. So I wonder. So Apple's been using LTPO technology for their display yeah. refresh tech, at least on the Apple Watch. And I'm just wondering, not confirming, but just curious, would a delay in 120 hertz on the iPhone be due to poor yield on the tech that they use for their devices? Can I chime in on that? Of course, of course. No, the show's okay. over. All right. So it, it, it's, it's a, it is a poorly kept secret, if, if a secret at all, that Samsung provides a majority of the displays for iPhones. Yes. Now, some go to LG and some go to others. But Samsung provides these displays. I believe Apple pays Samsung, I think it was $2.5 billion per year. Yep. And last I checked, Samsung, and I, and I know that the lines are different, it's had 120 hertz panels for quite a while. So I don't buy for a second that Apple suddenly would, would drop on them. Hey, we need 120 hertz panels in a month. They would have had years in advance to prepare for this unless Apple mm-hmm. did not tell them that we want that spec or did not give ample notice to make the spec work. I still would find it inexcusable regardless of what the reason is, unless they drop the price. But the one caveat, if they somehow drop the price of these phones, I will shut my mouth very quickly and take my slow refresh rate screen. <laughs> But inexcusable. And it's not like it's like wireless charging where like, oh, it would be nice to have. The display yeah. is what you stare at every day. I mean, no matter what you do with your phone, that is what you are looking at. And I think now high refresh screen is just the cost of entry. How many years have the iPad Pro had it? LCD, though. Different. If phones were still, still LCD, I bet they'd be doing it. Probably they would. But even OLED high refresh clearly exists, right? I mean, we've seen yes. the S, you know, we've seen plenty of phones with high refresh OLED screens. 
So I'll die on that hill that I think it would be inexcusable <laughs> if Apple does that. I'll be on the hill right next to you holding your hand like the notebook. It will die wow. together. Wow. <laughs> My okay. man. Now, one thing on pricing, I've seen both of you guys talk about this on Twitter and elsewhere. Apple may be removing the charge brick from the box for the iPhone 12. Mm-hmm. That's the rumor. It seems like that's pretty much a guarantee at this point. One thing that occurred to me, because I saw a lot of people talking about the value of what you get in the box. And John, I think you actually kind of changed your tune a little bit from your original stance. But one thing that I noticed, again, this is based on a rumor of what Apple's going to do versus what Samsung has already done. Samsung upped the price of their entry-level S20 to $999. That is the starting price if you want to get an S20 generation phone due to the 5G chip and the cost associated with that. The rumor is that Apple's entry-level iPhone 12 with 5G is going to cost between $550 and $650. So if Apple is charging almost half for their entry-level flagship versus what Samsung is doing, is it more forgivable that a charging brick would not be in the box? I mean, it's more forgivable, but I still think the optics of it is really bad. I mean, imagine giving your kid their first iPhone and, you know, grandma doesn't know it doesn't come with a charger in the box, right? So you buy your kid an iPhone and then there's no charger in the box at all. And they say it's about being eco-friendly and things like that, but it's just like, why not develop a better box or why not get rid of the paper manuals and stuff you get with the phone that you don't even look at, put them online in a PDF or put a QR code in the box. It's, I don't know, like when I buy a phone, I take the charger out and I plug it in my wall and now I have an extra charger in the house. It's it's just something you get. I can't imagine buying a TV without the power cord. I mean, you don't buy electronics without a way to plug it in. I'm sorry. There's no way of doing that. There's no excuse for it. A lot of electronics that you buy will say battery is not included on the box. But a battery is different than a power cord, though. Like a power cord is unique to the iPhone. Like it, it has unique connection to it. They're giving you the power cord. You can still take the power cord, plug but it you, into you any USB-C have the, you don't have, You don't have the brick, though. No, I, I understand. But batteries <laughs> is much different than an actual power plug that goes into a wall. I got you. Period. I got you. John, where are you at with this? So you guys feel free to interrupt me because I'm about to tirade for a moment. We uploaded a whole video on this, a 12 minute video. I watched it. About this. So before I start, before I start, a bit of history. Original iPhone 2007 launches with dock in the box. Yes. iPhone 3G ships, no dock in the box. Do you guys remember buying uh, MacBooks or Mac Pros a couple years ago and got that cool extension cable for the power brick? I do. Don't get yeah, that gone. anymore. It's gone. Don't, don't get that anymore. The front row remote. I mean, there's, there's a long a list remote. of examples. Yeah. And they removed the whole IR functionality from the computers too. There's a long list of Apple doing this. And they are going to stand on stage, whether virtual or otherwise, and put up three slides about how eco-friendly they are, about how they care about the environment. Their lady who's in charge of environmental regulation will come up and they will say, look at what we did. And there'll be some catchphrase, either whether it's brave or look at the courage it took, whatever they decide to do. And we will all eventually accept that phones do not come with power bricks is the reality, right? I think we can accept that's what's going to happen. What I find laughable is a few things. So first, people are going to look for gas station, cheap Amazon, Alibaba, $5 chargers that may or may not work and may or may not blow up their phones. First of all, there's going to be a bunch of like, oh, these iPhone explode 
kind of stories coming out. The second is Apple had the audacity to include a five watt charger <laughs> with their phones until the iPhone 11 Pro ships. How many people out of the what two million iPhones sold every year that had five watt chargers went and purchased an additional charger that could charge your phone at a reasonable pace? I would imagine it's a pretty significant amount. So by shipping a garbage charger, Apple was contributing to e-waste anyway. So if I'm Apple, here's what I would do. And I would be aware of the optics, like Kevin said, like this looks really bad. Hey, when you buy your phone, you buy it online, we know what iTunes account or your Apple account is linked to, you will have a five or $10 Apple credit. That'll be in there. You can choose to put it towards a charger, towards whatever you want. That's fine. We know that you might want a charger. Let us help you at least get one that maybe isn't as diarrhea garbage as a five watt that we give you with every other <laughs> phone except for the pro one. I think that would save Apple optically a tremendous amount or sell two SKUs, one that has a brick and one doesn't, or come out and say, this is the last phone that is going to be coming with the power brick. And we're going to give you a not five watt charger in the box, whatever they, 22 watt, whatever they decide to do with it. And everybody knows in advance. But for people who are coming online and buying their first iPhones who happen to get a new iPhone, first of all, good for you. It's awesome you bought a flagship iPhone for your first iPhone. But I agree that it optically looks bad and we'll probably have people use cheap chargers and maybe not compatible and end up with a litany of iPhone blowing up style videos that have nothing to do with the phone itself. That is my thank you for coming to my TED talk. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. It should also let's be fair and also mention that it is also heavily rumored that Samsung will be doing the same thing. Um, because of course, because, because um, of Apple. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's why? because of Apple or why? not. But it, it is. It is. I no, feel like you don't, even, you don't even have to say Samsung can do. Like, of course they are. It is. It is <laughs> totally. Yeah, it totally is. I swear, when Apple does it, everyone else starts to follow suit when it comes to stuff right. like that. I guess Apple did it, and it's like they ripped the bandaid off, right? So now yeah. Samsung can sneak in there, but like, well, Apple does it. I, I, does do, I do want to give Samsung credit because the one trend that they bucked because they made fun of it relentlessly in advertising was the notch. Yes. That they yes. did buck, but it also limited them from having any sort of really good facial unlocking features. Yes, but they also True. made fun of Apple for years about removing a headphone jack and where'd that go? That is very true. Yes. All right. After the break, we're going to be talking about some of our favorite smart fitness tech coming up next on Geared Up. Welcome back to Geared Up, brought to you by National Car Rental. I'm Andrew Edwards, and it is now time for the National Car Rental Story of the Week. As you know, Geared Up is sponsored by National Car Rental. And if you don't know, I also do a show with National Car Rental on YouTube called Technically Speaking, where I bring you the latest, my picks for the best tech for business travel. Whether you're business traveling or even whether you're going for leisure travel, there's a lot of tech out there that can make your travel more efficient or even more fun. You can check these episodes out at the nationalcar.com control center or go to youtube.com slash national car rent. The latest tech puts you in the driver's seat. National Car Rentals Emerald Club will keep you there. Once again, big shout out to National Car Rental for sponsoring Geared Up. All right, let's get into the National Car Rental story of the week. Smart fitness tech, smart fitness equipment. We've been in quarantine for close to half a year now. Gyms almost everywhere are still closed, rightfully so. But people still want to stay in shape and... Fitness equipment is one of the hardest to find right now. Bicycles are like sold out everywhere. Home fitness equipment is sold out everywhere. We wanted to talk about some of the smart 
home fitness equipment that we've been using. Yes. And first, I want to th- congratulate Kevin for his century ride on his Peloton bike. Peloton bike that I encouraged him to buy that he has now <laughs> surpassed me and lapped me several times over. Yeah, um, surpassing ride month. means that you have <laughs> completed a hundred rides and you're, you're over a hundred rides at this point. Congrats. That's impressive. Good for you. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I do three days on one day off three days on that's sort of been my schedule since I got the bike back in, I got the bike back in January. So before everything just shut down, I was able to get the bike and deliver the next day. So it was really nice, but now it's like a three month wait, two and a half to three month wait right. to get a bike. And they don't, they don't set it up for you anymore. They just kind of leave it on your porch and oh. you know, you got to set it up for yourself now. Like when I got mine, they set it up for me. They, I wouldn't say tuned it. They had me sit on it and kind of show me the adjustment. So I was, I was able to just start, but now it's just kind of hard to get one to kind of roll with it. But it's funny because like, I've seen the classes start off with like 15,000 people and now like up to 30,000 and even 40,000 people. And then by the time the class is done, let's say for a couple of weeks, it's now up to 70,000 people have taken that class. It's just, it's crazy to see the numbers have increased so much on Peloton, which is definitely nice. They actually hired two more instructors as well. And there's, there's more classes now. So, um, I kind of caught in at at the right time with the wave. So, uh, yeah, I, I love it. I just love the competition. I think the quality of instructor is good. Like there's different types of instructors and, you know, depending on the type of ride I want, if I need some tough love and someone to yell at me, I can go to Alex Toussaint or if I want to have fun, I can listen to Cody Rigsby. He kind of like laughs and plays Britney Spears and just whatever, you know, I just, I don't know. I'm finding a way to enjoy my workout, which is something that it's really hard to do for me. It's hard to really like working out. I, I hate doing it, but I'm finding some love in it and some fun in it too. Also having metrics is nice. I'm a metrics person. So seeing stats pop up of my average cadence and my watts produced and things like that. So yeah, I'm very happy with it. And uh, hopefully I can hit 200 by the end of the year. That's my goal. Nice, nice. So yeah, these are all smart. Nice. Everything we're talking about in this segment is smart home equipment. And so the, the Peloton bike, internet connected, has what's basically a large display right in front of you. You can see the stats of everyone who's ever taken a class. You can see the stats of just you versus your friends. You can follow each other on Peloton. And adding that component, almost like gamifying it, makes it more fun and kind of pushes you to do more. For me, so I have a Peloton bike here too. What I found very quickly was that I just got bored always just riding a bike. Like I'm just I'm just on a bike. I'm not doing other stuff. And yeah. So I saw John post on Instagram that he got a device called the Tempo. And I sent you an immediate text message saying, (laughs) hey, how did you like it? And you actually didn't even respond to the text. You gave me a phone call and left me a voicemail telling me how great it was. And the reason I sent you that message was because I wanted to tell you about how great the total (laughs) is that I had recently gotten. So I had Tonal reach out. They sent over a tonal and a tonal is it hooks into your wall, into your studs and it hangs on the wall and it has a display on it. And similar to the Peloton, it has instructors that walk you through different things. The tonal does like strength training. It does aerobics. It does yoga. It's like so many different things. And what I found immediately after using it for the first time was that is what I was missing was the variety. Like, okay, for three minutes, you're going to do this. Now for five minutes, you're going to do that. Now you're going to cool down doing this and doing all sorts of different things kept me so engaged that I actually thought there was a problem with my 60 minute workout because it ended 30 minutes early. 
And no, I actually did a whole 60 minutes. I just didn't realize how much time had passed. So Tonal has the resistance bands, right? Like that's what it uses for weights. Is that? Yes, it has built-in resistance up to 200 pounds per side. So you can have 400 pounds total. And when you first set it up, when you go through it, it basically does a strength test. So it knows how much weight you should be using for every activity that it offers. And then it'll adjust over time as you get stronger. And you could put it in either spot me mode. So help me out if I'm struggling, or you can put it in, just let me die no matter what's happening. So yeah, tonal, they're apparently about three months out. If you order one right now, they're $3,000. So obviously a little spendy, but same thing. You can follow people on there. You have all your stats. It'll sync over to your, whether it's Apple health or Android health app syncs with your Apple watch, et cetera. That is my current smart home fitness device of choice. But John, I want to hear about you. I want to hear about the excitement that you had yeah. with Tempo. So this is like a weird, and I'm going to make a video on it, but it's a weird product to do because they did reach out and it is sponsored, but it's one of those rare products that I love so much. Like, I don't know how to make it not sound like, <laughs> like, right. like it's sponsored. Like you're shilling. Yeah. I, it is hands down the coolest thing I have in my home. And I think what Kevin and you said it was really ring true with the tempo before I talk about what the tempo does. It makes it fun. It gamifies it and also lets you work out on your schedule. Like I've got, I have kids. I can't always go to the gym and physically leave the house. Yeah. So being able to work out on my schedule from home is amazing. Now, the reason I think the tempo is the best, first of all, it looks amazing. Uh, it has a <laughs> 42 inch touchscreen, which is awesome. Below that has a full, and it's all self-contained inside of the unit, full array of Olympic weights and then mounted behind the screen, you've got two barbells and sort of a, a larger bar that you can add weight to. And the machine has a 3D sensor and it'll start to gauge how well you are doing lifting weights. It'll recommend yeah. weight for you. And then algorithmically, it can see how quickly you're lifting them up or not because it'll count every set that you're doing of whatever you're doing. And it'll start recommending more weight or less weight depending on how you do. So... Making it fun was awesome. You have all of the live stats and sort of where you rank in the classes. And I, I believe unlike Peloton, the rankings when you start a class, everybody starts at the same point. It's not like if you do a recorded Peloton class, I believe people are like who are maybe midway through, you see how they're doing when they start. So everybody who's in there started at the exact same point. And it has been absolutely amazing to have. It's made working out fun. It's made working out convenient. And before you start, you have to do an introductory course. It's like an introductory, like weightlifting, a full body right. thing. I did it on Wednesday. I could not walk up or down my stairs without pain until Sunday. <laughs> to either show how out of shape I was or how good the workout is. But I absolutely love the machine. Uh, I believe it's actually cheaper than Tonal. I believe it's $2,100. And it gets software updates. When I first got it, I couldn't use Bluetooth headphones. And then it got an update, I think, on Wednesday. And now I can use headphones. It's amazing. I love it. And I don't know how I'm going to make a video on it without sounding like a total shield because I like, legit love this thing. I agree. The one thing with these devices is each of them, all three of them, I'm assuming I'm making an assumption about tempo, but there's a monthly fee, right? There is. Yeah, there's a monthly fee with it. I think 20, okay. 20 bucks. I think similar to, to, to Peloton. Okay. So I think Peloton is Peloton 50. Peloton's 40 a month, 39. 40. Oh, damn. Okay. So 39. Tonal is 49. And tempo is somewhere in there. And so yeah. I was actually talking to Kevin about it earlier this week. Like, hey, I know you have the Peloton. I do too. You should get this other thing. Like, this is so great. It didn't occur to me until he said it. But even if he were to get the 
tonal, he still has to then commit to another monthly fee. So you can't just buy, you know, if, so if you're listening to this podcast and you're yeah. like, you know what, I want all three of those. That all sounds fantastic. You can't just buy them and use them. I mean, you can, but in order to enable all these smart features and tracking and all that, each one has a monthly fee. And the more you add, the more you're paying each month. That's kind of the downside, but that's also how these companies are going to stay in business with the different instructors that they have to pay and the content that they're always updating. Yeah, that's the point I was trying to make. Yeah, and you know something else, not trying to be a Peloton shill by any means, but another thing with Peloton is that when you have a membership, it gives you access to the New York studios. So if you want to do a in-person right. live class, you can drop in live and go to the New York studios to do it. So can you that's, do that right uh, now? I, no, not right now, no. <laughs> but actually what I was going to do is for my 100th ride, I did plan to go to New York and I had it timed that I'll be oh, in man. New York for, for Samsung Unpacked anyways. Like I actually yeah. had it timed and synced. Yeah. I was going to be in New York for Samsung anyways, and then I was going to do my Peloton ride there, 100th ride cool. in New York as well, but didn't work out that way for me. So maybe 250, Terrible. I could uh, time it up that way. Yeah, it's okay. I think if people take anything away from this, it's like there are three very different machines that we all unabashedly love. And they're super different machines, right? Yeah. I think that is amazing <laughs> that there are in-home gyms that aren't just like a big machine that's actually interactive, that gives you courses Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's awesome. And I think it's a very cool sign of the times. And I think it's one of the positive things, if you can even call it that, that's come out of this whole COVID thing is that people are finding new ways to work out. New technologies are maybe getting quicker footholds than they would have otherwise. Yes, yes. I guess one more thing for just to keep the conversation 100% accurate. Peloton, it's the bike, but you can also get the digital version of it too, which gives All you right. access to outdoor running, yoga, strength, stretching, boot camp workouts, which is body weights, uh, meditation. It's more than just a bike. It's a lot more things that you can cast it to your TV and things like that. So, I mean, I've done yoga classes in it and I've done like weight workouts and everything all because I have a uh, Peloton subscription. Right. And you can actually also use it with any bike. So if you get a subscription, you don't have to have a Peloton bike. You can use it. Yeah. You can you could put like a cadence sensor on your bike and things like that and use an Android tablet or, or an Apple tablet, which has Bluetooth to connect and give you the same metrics. Yeah, you can definitely do that. And I, I think I should mention too that Peloton also has a treadmill. So if you yep. if you're if, if biking is yes. not your jam, you get the same experience just on a on a treadmill. Yes. All right, guys. That is our show for this week. I want to give Woo! a big thank you to the tech ninja himself, Kevin Neither, for making an appearance, for joining us. And again, congratulations on hitting that 100 ride stat. Absolutely. You've had your bike probably for four or five months less than I've had mine. And I think <laughs> I'm on like ride number 20. So <laughs> great job. Yeah, thank you. You are an inspiration. Hey man, thank you so much. Thanks for having In me guys. Ways. Really appreciate it. I Kevin, love the always, show. Always, always welcome. Here. Thank you. And that is it for this edition of Geared Up. Thank you so much for listening. Of course, you can catch John and I on YouTube. I'm at youtube.com slash gear live and John is at youtube.com slash John for Lakers. Feel free to head over and subscribe to our channels to stay up to date on all the latest tech. Speaking of subscribing, you can subscribe to Geared Up in your favorite podcast app. If you haven't done so already, just search Geared Up. That's two words, not one in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, Overcast, or really wherever you choose to listen. If you like what we do, please consider leaving us a rating and review. It really helps other people find the show. Geared Up is a Gear Live podcast, and you can see more from us 
at gearlive.com. Thank you so much for listening. For John Rettinger, I'm Andrew Edwards, and we'll catch you in the next episode.